Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 323 of the big show some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, it's Sunday, easy like Sunday morning. Yes. Uh, busy times around here with work and everything. And I was, I was going to record last night, uh, but it was my parents' anniversary. So we went out and did that and, uh, stopped by their place and, uh, and that sort of thing. So I didn't have a chance. So I'm doing this Sunday. I worked this morning and here we are Sunday at noon. I'm going to put this out as, as I'm talking, it'll go out live. So you'll have something either Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Or most likely Monday morning on your commute to work. Or sitting in your cubicle eating your cheese sandwich. Trying to avoid Martha. Talking about the rash your cat has. You know. So. Here we are. I'm going to get. So. Here I'll give you a little audio enforcer goodness. How you guys doing? Well. Do I have a heck of a show for you guys today? Well probably not. But. Going to do. Uh going to talk about some junior lose, Ice Wars announcement, oh yes, and, oh, of all the hypocrisy that goes on, how's this one, the hockey news, of all things, oh, they're doing Enforcer Week on their page, oh yes, the same publication that has Steve Dryden, Ken, that jerk off Ken Campbell, who sadly is pathetically on this network, um... Yeah, as ho- all they did for years and years was whine about fighting in the goons. And, uh, oh yeah, all of a sudden, as soon as it gets slow and oh, we have nothing to, what can we write about to make money? Oh, I know. Enforcers. Oh, shocking. Oh, you, you are yep, full of shit like a Christmas turkey. Oh, just a bunch of hip, just a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, but oh, so, so apparently they've put out, uh, I, again, I did not click on it. Someone said, Hey, you gotta check this shit out. After I went and blasted the hockey news online, they're like, Oh, look, they, they came up with lists. Remember the Ranger list that I did the other day? Well, that was part of it. Apparently, uh, that, Oh, your, your team's top five enforcers of all time. And they did about 17 or 18 teams as far as I can count. And, uh, so let's, uh, I'll pick a couple teams and we'll go through their lists. Uh, oh, the, but it should be just tremendous because I mean it's the Bible of hockey, right? I mean they know if they don't know the game, who does? So oh, I'm sure the 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 list will just be spot on. So oh, I can't wait. So we'll do a couple of teams from there, and uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll all have a laugh and uh, you know and shake our head at the same time. So 
But before we get into that, of course, I have to mention, obviously, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. 60 shows or more on the network. I don't even know how many shows they have now. But I'm on the original content side. And the people that are over there with me, I'll tell you, that's why they keep us over in the corner. Of course, I got Jolton Joel Azito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Got Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, Jordan at Five in a Game. Of course, Terry Ryan's over there. So, yeah, we're, you know... What a group to be associated with. But, uh, you know, what, what can you do? But this week, Lazito went off the... Because normally he does New York Islander stuff, right? Obviously, Coliseum Chronicles. But uh, he went off the island, as he calls it. And he interviewed Trevor Steenberg, former Quebec Nordique. And, uh, yes, so that is going on at Joe's channel. Again, check out Joe's back catalog. Tremendous. Fakoda, Dean Ewan, Strudwick, Asham. On and on. Lots of Islander greats, and uh, Joe does a great job. So check that out. Then, of course, you got, hey, Cloudy, old Alec got a new job and actually released a new episode. It's hard to believe. I know, all in one week. Oh, I'll tell you. Kelly Bent, Wichita Thunder forward, uh, or defenseman, pardon me. And, uh, yeah, nice little conversation. Gets into the old, uh, his OHL incident. I won't go any further than that. Personally, I don't think you have anything to be ashamed of. Kid's going to start it. You get what you get. But that's my opinion. But again, Alec, tremendous back catalog. As much as it pains me to give him credit, I'll give him credit. No, but he's at Bialoas on, Rob Ray, Jason Rushton, you know, on and on. Uh, again, great back catalog. And then, of course, Jordan at five in a game. He's he's working out in the rigs right now. He's working, so don't bother him. But when he gets back to Cape Breton, he'll be back at it and releasing episodes. He's fairly new to the game. He had just kind of gotten started and then had to go back to work, so... Uh, look forward in the fall and into the winter uh, what he brings to the table. But, and of course, if you happen to be on social media, I don't know why you would do that to yourself, but Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, or X as it's called now, and uh, and on Facebook. And if you happen to be bouncing around the YouTubes and you want to see some fights, well, the Fourth Line Voice... I'm on YouTube. I've got over two. I've been adding some fights here lately. I've actually got the channel up and rolling again here, uh, adding some content. So check that out. And uh, I have over two thousand videos. So on all, they're all sorted by league. So whatever league you're looking for, just type it into the search engine, and up it'll come. So check check that out. And if you happen to be watching a video you like, hit the little thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel. YouTube loves that shit. It helps in the algorithms and stuff. So you'd be doing me a solid if you would do that for me. Also. Jay, who you've heard on here a bunch of times, he has a really good channel. It's got uh, really low, or really low, is, is there such a really low? Um, the lower minors, uh, Southern Pro League clips. Uh, he goes back to the UHL days. Old, Remember the new IHL? Well, that's on there too, the Central League. Yeah, check it out. Lots of Frank Littlejohn. He's got Dromblay versus McIntyre. Plus, all, of course, all of last year's Southern Pro stuff. Um, hey, if you want to check out the new East Coast League signing, Ryan Devine, check it out. Jay's got some Ryan Devine fights on his channel. Um, so definitely get the Ice Wars champ. Uh, so check that out. And again, subscribe to his channel. Hit a like, hit the thumbs up button on his videos. Why not? You're there. Same thing with, with the podcast that you're listening. Not only mine, but Jay's or, or not Jay's, Alec and, uh, and Joe's. Um, down, please download, don't stream. And, uh, yeah. If you could rate and review our show, again, it helps in the algorithms. Oh, uh, Spotify, iTunes, they love that stuff. So, yeah, if you could, like I said, you're holding it in your hand anyway. If you could just hit the star rating, perfect. That's all I'm going to ask from you. 
That's it. No more. Um, well, I'm, I'm really actually kind of really anxious to get into these hockey news lists. That's what I kind of want to get into with that foolishness. But uh, speaking of foolishness, uh, the Quebec Major Junior League announced it, made it official um, that any fight now is going to be met with a suspension. So that's where we're at. Although I laugh because like Spit and Chiglets puts it out. All these people are putting it out on social media. Can you believe they're doing this? I'm like, I was talking about this shit three years ago. We're, I'm like, you guys need to listen to the fourth line voice more. I broke that story three years ago and I talked about the junior A leagues going full cages and everything. Get on it, folks. This is why you gotta listen to the fourth line voice. And that's the thing. I'm not just throwing out Twitter rumors and stuff. No, I actually talk to people on the inside and get the straight scoop before I come on here and flap my lips about it. You know? So, no, I just laughed. Can you believe they're doing that? Yeah, where have you been? Do you, you think there's been a lot of fighting out of the queue lately? Like, I don't know. I think people live in this NHL bubble or something. You know, but, you know, Spit and Chiglets needs to tell you everything, I guess. I don't know. Just kind of, I guess, you know. I've been over here yelling about it for three years, but, okay. But, uh, no, I, you know, and, the, and to get back to it, though, I mean, unfortunately, um, I mean, no surprise. I mean, and the OHL, I think the OHL is three fights before you start getting suspended. And the Western League, surprisingly, actually doesn't have um, a fight limit, um, which is, in this day and age, very surprising. But I'm sure it's coming at some point. But uh, there you go. There's the, there's the new, there's the jolly news out of the junior circuit. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we'll get more toughness in the NHL. Oh, sure you will. Yeah, the big heavyweight with three fights. Yeah. You know, coming out of junior A with a full cage in, in college. Oh, yeah, he's he's ready to rumble. Yeah. Somebody put up, like, the list of, like, t- air quotes, tough guys in the NHL and teams this year. And they're, like, and a bunch of them are commenting, like, getting excited about it and shit. And I'm like, you talk about the most sad sack. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't mean to say it like I'm knocking the guys. But holy shit, are we serious? Like... Oh, well, he's not a real heavyweight. He's a middle. Like, they're all fucking middles. What are you talking about? Who's a heavyweight? There's, like, three. Like, you know, like, come on. It's just like, uh, whatever. I mean, the toughest guys in hockey are in the American League. The fucking Gallant Brothers. They slapped the shit out of all these guys. Give him a friggin' game already, Calgary. Holy shit. Well, who do you, who does Calgary have that's so, give Alex Gallant a call up. Like, what, what's, what, what are you winning? Shit. Let's do it. Come on. Um, other than that, though, the, I was, I kind of briefly mentioned Ice Wars. Um, Ice Wars 4 will be coming September 15th. They'll be back in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And, uh, yeah, a couple grudge matches and apparently kind of some, uh, uh, and, and I don't know if it's an open weight tournament or what they're doing, but uh, I will keep you, uh, as I learn more, I will keep you informed. But right now, look at, uh, circle your calendar, September 15th. Actually, it's two days before my birthday, so if you want to get me a birthday gift, feel free, just saying. And, uh, <laughs> but yes, back in that Outlaw Saloon in Wyoming. So we'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward, I always, I always look forward to the Ice Wars, you guys know that, so. I know some of you guys don't are nice wars guys, whatever. But I gotta, I gotta throw it out there. It's enforcer news. So, and now here's a word from our sponsor. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. 
Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details for state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten plus leg required for one hundred percent boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Oh, we're back at it again. The audio podcast, we're going to open hockey cards. Of course, it was the Dollarama. And this is, what is this? 1991-92 Series 2 Pro Set. Oh, boy. 12-card pack. Yeah, used to pick these up. Yep. Yeah, $0.99 cents back in the day. Who do we got right at the top? Oh, it's a prospect. Oh, that's these Pro Set 2 cards. These are the ones that they famously did not put the names of the players on the front. Which is kind of, okay... But they're nice cards, though. Like, for 91, 92, they're really glossy and stuff. But King's Prospect. Peter Ahola. Went from a prospect to a suspect. Eric, or Brent Sutter. There you go. Oh, we got a Hartford Whaler. Steve Conroy. Oh, Adam Graves. Old Gravy for the Rangers. There you go. Oh, who is this now? Mike Bullard for the Leafs. There you go. Oh, Vancouver Canuck. Who is this? Tom Fergus. Prospect for the Winnipeg Jets. Russ Romanuk. Montreal. This is LeBeau, isn't it? Yeah, Stefan LeBeau with Montreal. Buffalo Prospect. Who's the Buffalo Prospect? Kevin Holler. Oh, Edmonton Oiler defenseman Dave Manson. Yeah, I know who'd want that card. You nerd. Uh, Philadelphia Dan Quinn. Oh, and one of my all-time favorites. Rest in peace. He's, he's pictured in a leaf uniform here. Peter Zezel. Strong on his skates and on face-offs. Zezel combines toughness with solid handling and foot skills. Zezel's a soccer player. Has the balance and lower body strength that makes him a difficult man to budge from front of the net or along the boards. Yeah, solid grinder. Rest in peace, Peter Zezel. As I always say, a little fun fact about the fourth line voice. Old Darren, the first hockey jersey I ever owned was a Philadelphia Flyers number 25 Peter Zezel jersey. So there you go. Well, that was a little kind of underwhelming pack there. But I put old Dave Manson over in the the toughness pile. we got to do that. So, All right. Well, like I said, we're going to kind of keep the uh, episode kind of quick today. So we're going to, uh, yeah, I still can't, but, well, no, I can't believe that the hockey enforcer week, oh, you, uh, 
Enforcement Week teams team sites put together their top five fighters of all time. Here's a link to see who the toughest players for your favorite team. Well, they don't have all the teams, so what t- we already did the Ranger one. That that was a real gem of a of a lit. Well, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it actually wasn't that bad. What can we do? Vancouver. I'll do. Uh, Van- I'll do a couple teams, but I'll do Vancouver because I go. I know I got a few Canucks listeners out there, so we'll do Vancouver here. So I haven't looked at this list. So here we go. We're gonna click on the link, and this was written by Jeff Patterson, August seventh, twenty twenty-three. When you talk about tough guys in more than the fifty years of the Vancouver Canucks history, one name stands above all. And it's literally one name, Gino. Oh, sure, Gino had a last name too, Ojik, but the Canucks fans simply came to know their favorite fighter by just his first name, and they chanted that name loudly, starting with his National Hockey League debut where he squared off with Dave Manson and Stu Grimson in the same game. It was on that night the legend of Gino was born, but Ojik was, wasn't the only notable tough guy to wear the Canucks colors over the years. Here are the top five fighters in Canucks history. All right. Well, you don't go one through five, idiot. So he's got number one as Ojik. So I'm going to close my eyes, scroll, scroll, scroll to the bottom. Oh, honorable mentions. Craig Cox, Tiger Williams, Ron DeLorme, Jack McElhargy, and Glenn Cochran. Well, like I said, those are your, those are your honorable mentions, eh? Okay. Well, here we go. Number five. Oh, hot start, folks. Hot start. Tom Stacito. There we go. Cecilio's time in Vancouver is relatively short but notable because it was the last team's true of heavyweight. Listed at 6'5", 230, the Rome, New York native played 103 games with Vancouver between 2012 and 2015. He understood his role and fought 25 times in that span. He may have been the best remembered as one of the future combatants of the infamous opening face-off brawl with the Canucks and Flames on the 18th, January 18th, 2014. The night Canucks coach John Tortorella tried to storm the Flames locker room after the first period. Sacito squared off with Calgary's Brian McGrath and as all the other skaters on the ice picked partners. Earlier in the week, Sacito had one of the, his all-time individual stat lines in an NHL game. He logged 27 minutes in penalties and one second of ice time in a game in LA. <laughs> well, I mean, I have nothing for or against him uh, as, as as far as Tom Sacito goes. Um, now, do I come on in front of Tiger Williams and Delorme and McElhargy and uh, no? But that's what makes these lists so much fun. Tim, look what you've caused. All right, number four, Garth Butcher, one of the great nicknames in hockey, Garth. The Strangler Butcher dropped his glove. I've never heard Butcher referred to as a Strangler, but okay. Dropped his gloves 94 times during parts of 10 seasons in Vancouver. Franchise's all-time, second all-time penalty leader behind Ojik. Played the game hard, did not shy away from the rough stuff. Butcher patrolled the blue line during a dark period of Canucks franchise from 83 to 91 and routinely made a habit of sticking up for teammates over three season span, 85 to 88. Butcher had 48 fights. They, there may have been bigger and stronger players in the league at the time, but there weren't many more willing to scrap than Garth Butcher. Um, yeah, I mean, solid, you know, solid old gritty D-man. Uh, actually, if you want to look, go look up Garth Butcher's junior stats with the Regina Pats in the Western League. Jeez. Yeah. Um, no, solid player. Uh, like I said, fought 94 times in his time in 10 years in Vancouver. Um, you know, was he the greatest fighter in the world? Well, no, but I mean, as, as I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, yeah, I could see him being on a top five Canucks list. Yeah, 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 I could. 
Yeah, I'm down with Butcher. I, I'm glad they're he's on the list though. Like it's good to see their old like when you're when you're hitting us with Sestito out of the gate, it's kind of like uh, where are we going from here? Number three, Rick Rippin. Oh, there you go. Without question, pound for pound, Rippin is one of the toughest players to ever wear a Canuck uniform. Listed at 5'11", 190. The fearless winger won more than a share of his 38 fights he logged for the Canucks in 119 games. Many of his scraps against larger opponents written had plenty of power and piston-like fists often seemed to catch opponents off guard. Speed of his punches, while not on the enforcer. In the traditional sense, Rippon had held his own in a sizable class of middleweights during his career. Sadly, Rippon passed away in 2011 at the age of 27. Uh, his death was ruled a suicide. It was later revealed he was diagnosed with depression as part of his legacy. The Canucks have been the forefront of a league-wide mental health initiatives. Yeah, a really sad story with Rick Rippon. Um, got to watch him here in the Western League with the Regina Pats. Yeah, um, just one of those guys. Like, I love Rick Rippon. Tremendous. Um, yeah, one of the best, one of the best middleweights at, at his time. Um, I loved his block when he put the arm up and he would block. He had a great technique, uh, really unique. Um, yeah, like I said, sad story, you know, 27 had the issues and, and everything, but, uh, yeah, he, he was something I'm a big, uh, ripper. I, I love me some Rick Rippin. Number two. Yeah. I mean, Okay. Obviously, Donald Brashear. There have been many more tough customers in the NHL during the height of Donald Brashear's career from 96 to 02. The man known as Brash fought 83 times with the Canucks. In 97-98, the Bedford, Indiana native led the NHL with 372 minutes. Remarkably, Brashear logged 1,025 NHL games during his playing days with Montreal or Vancouver, Montreal, Philadelphia, Washington, and the Rangers. Maybe best remembered for the whack heard around the world when he took Marty McSorley, smacked Brashear on the side of his head with a stick in a game. Uh, at in General Motors place, February 21st, 2000. Um, well, yeah, again, remarkably, he logged 1,025 games. Well, not really. I mean, if you, I, I had this argument with somebody online, Brashear was, or he couldn't skate. He wasn't much of a player. He scored 40 goals in the American Hockey League season, you dipshit. He was on Team USA in the World Championships. What are you talking about that he couldn't skate? You don't play 1,000 games and you can't skate. Like, you sound like a fucking moron. Yeah, oh, he couldn't skate. Yeah, okay. And then, of course, he back. Oh, just jokes, bro. Relax. Oh, yeah. Just just jokes. Oh, I'm sure it was such a big joke. Yeah. You know, you should be up on stage telling your jokes. Um, no, Brashear was a solid player. Um, you know, he had a role in the NHL, and, and he kind of got pigeonholed into that role. Um, but in terms of, like, his playing ability, like, no, there's no question. Like, I don't give a shit who you are. You scored 40 goals in American Hockey League. Go look. He had 35 and, like, 39 Back-to-back years. And that's and fighting heavyweights, too. So don't tell me, oh, he couldn't skate. Yeah, well, that's the American League. Yeah, yeah, because there's that much of a difference. You know, like, yeah, he he, he played a 1,000 NHL games. So, you know, Brescia could play. You know, I was like, remarkably. Oh, yeah, okay. Number one, and of course, number one was Ojek. You know, wasn't a Algonquin assassin. Uh, Ojek literally fought his way to the NHL. Longest of long shots. Uh... Over, uh, Ojek overcame the odds to log 605 games in the big leagues from 90 to 2002. In his time with Vancouver, he dropped the gloves 127 times. And in three of the seasons of Vancouver, recorded more than 348 minutes. In addition to the impact he made without his gloves on, Ojek once scored 16 goals in the season. He also appeared in 10 playoff games in Vancouver in the 94 Cup run. Sadly, Ojek, who had, a, who had battled a heart condition since 2014, passed away as a result of a heart attack. January of 2023, he was 52 years old. Yes, sad that that, uh, you know, 52, too young for that. But, uh, yeah, Gino. Um, 
yeah, man, he, he did his job, stuck up for Burray, uh, was a great enforcer. Um, in terms of like, if we're going to do that, like I get in terms of what he meant to Vancouver. Yes. I would have Ojik first. If we're going strictly on fighting ability, I would have Brescia ahead of Ojik. But, um, in terms of what he meant to Vancouver and everything. Yeah. You got to have kind of Gino at number one. Um, I've said it on this podcast before and it's not a slight to Gino or anything else. I was, I was not a big Ojik fan. Um, but there's no denying his impact on the Canucks. And, uh, yeah. But I mean, I was, oh, he was a punch bagger. I'm like, no, he's nothing like that. I'm not saying that. Um, I don't know what it was. He was just one of those guys. I was never, you know, a real huge Ojuk fan. He did a lot of cheap shit, you know, that, you know, I, I don't know if it was really necessary. I have no problem with cheap shit. Oh, I guess it always sends a message. How am I going to, how am I trying to put this? Like if a guy's been act like when Domi hit off. Was it cheap? Yeah. Was it deserved? Oh, hell yeah. So I didn't have a real issue with it. Um, like the whole May and Millette thing. Well, Millette was, went after Lafontaine with a broken jaw. So that's what you get what you get. So shit like that doesn't bother me. But um, I mean, I'd have to go back and look. But off the top of my head, some of Ojek's sucker punches on Harvey and guys like that were like, I don't know, what did they do to get to deserve that? Um, so, but I have to go back and check. But at any rate, I wasn't a real fan of that shit. Um but other stuff, the other times when he snapped and stuff, it was definitely well-deserved. But, uh, yeah, there you go, Gene Ojek. Well, I got to say, I mean, as much as I want to yell and scream about the hockey news list, um, I mean, other than Sestito, um, I, I can't really argue with that list. Um, really. You know, I think you have to have Tiger on there at some point. And, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, McElhargy. But um, who would you take off? Yeah, I'd probably take off Rippin. I, I still want to keep Butcher on there, kind of for what he meant and his his long, longevity in Vancouver. But eh, okay, well that list was kind of because uh, I always say with these lists, I, I'm uh, I, I always want to sort of uh, you know take the piss out of them, right? That that's kind of my 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 deal. Um, I always say the the shittier they are, the better. So ah, uh, Vancouver, that's Vancouver. Who else should we do? Um, how do you have Seattle? You know, okay. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about the vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Metallica or Kiss on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in the Raycon wireless earbuds. So much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or to stay calm, or some guided meditation. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're at the gym working out or, uh, you know, when I'm at work, you know, you're in and out of the truck, so you like miss the tunes or your, your favorite part of the song's coming up. So you want to stay in the truck. Um, yeah, just put the headphones on and, uh, the earbuds and away you go and like they, they sit in your perfect. And, uh, yeah, you don't miss a, a single, uh, guitar riff from the old hair metal days. Uh, <laughs> I'm dating myself here with some skid, with a skid row reference. How's that one for you? Um, so let me tell you now, Raycon's the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customized sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode. Uh, Raycon has 32 hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. Um, they come with custom gel tips for the most comfort earbud in ear fit. Um, and they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Uh, 
And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Fourth line voice listeners, you can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Again, one last time, buyraycon.com slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Uh, oh, we'll do the Leafs. Here we go. There, there's lots of Leafs fans out there. Let, let's see what uh, David Al- Alter, Alter, fighting maybe on the decline in the game of hockey, but the role of the enforcer is an ongoing process. The Leafs GM Brad Trevling looks to bring in an edge back to the club and hear some of the best Leafs to drop the gloves on a consistent basis. All right. Well, once again, we'll scroll down to the bottom. All right. Number five. 777 games played, 2,200 minutes, 195 fights in Bra- with the Leafs. Wade Belak. Belak passed away in 2011, spent seven years in Toronto, and though his death was like the CTE, uh, it's easy to forget that he was a first-round pick who could play both defense and forward. Of course, his role was as a policeman, and in that role, he was immensely popular and effective, accumulating more than 1,200 penalty minutes in his career. Yeah, I mean, Belak, you know, obviously started off in Colorado, but uh, he definitely put it together in Toronto, you know, that that's kind of where I think where he really found found a home. A Calgary a little bit, but like uh, Toronto was his big splash, and like they said, he was there. Um, you know, uh, seven hundred. Well, that what seven hundred seventy seven career games played. What? So, that can't be right. Hold on. Yeah, like yeah. Well, according to Hockey DB, he played five hundred forty nine games, and then uh, and then twenty two. Uh, playoff games. What's seven, where is this guy getting 77? Unless you're adding, he's adding up like his junior totals too. And his American Hockey League. Oh yeah. Well, here we go. We're already screwing this one up. I was 770. I'm like, that seemed really high. And he has in brackets with the Leafs. 195 fights. He didn't have 195 fights in Toronto. But, okay, well, we'll disregard the numbers because I don't know where old, uh, who is this guy? Dave Atler here, where he got his numbers from. But, all right. That was number five, Wade Belock. Rest in peace. Good dude. I liked Wade. Number four, Colt Knorr. Brought in by former GM Brian Burke as part of the plan of more pugnacity. Or instantly made Toronto one of the toughest teams in the NHL during his early 2000s. Fighting a league high 23 times his first season with the Leafs. Or his reputation as a devastating puncher meant that he had fewer and fewer challengers as his career went on. For those who were willing to take the bait, it usually didn't go well. Yeah, or could drop bombs, man. Yeah, Colt Nor was great, and uh, it it was one of those killer be killed, uh, you know, kind of kind of fighters. I mean, he took some shots, and you know, he ate, you know, England got him, Mark Karkner, you know, a couple times he got caught, but overall, Or was dropping bombs, and he was fighting to hurt. And again, I watched him here in junior with Swift Current and Regina, and uh, I always I was always a big fan of Colt Nor, and uh, yeah. Number four, so far, four and five. Yeah, I get it. Who we got number three? Oh, they got Tiger Williams at number three. Well, there you go. Tiger Williams only played five seasons at Toronto, but still managed to earn the reputation as the toughest player that the Leafs has ever... Reputation as the toughest player the Leafs have ever known. Okay, well then why wouldn't he be number one on your list then? But, all right. He had multiple 20-fight seasons. The Leafs, 77, 78, he fought 34 times, almost once every two games he played. Tiger went on to post one of the... A few more huge fight seasons after he left Toronto, but still remains the most intimidating player ever to suit up for the blue and white. 
Um, Tiger Williams was a very solid hockey player too. 20 plus, 30 plus goal seasons. Uh, yeah, really great player. And, uh, all the NHL's all time penalty minute leader, certainly a record that's never going to be broken. And, um, you know, Saskatchewan guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stories about Tiger Williams, uh, you know, came out of Swift Current in the Western League. And, uh, if you have a chance, pick up his book. I think it was, it was written, oh, it had to be, well, it was mid 80. I think he was still playing with Vancouver, actually. I think he might have still been playing or just retired. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty solid book. He doesn't hold back. Tiger's never held back in, in his storytelling. So, uh, yeah, he definitely deserves, definitely deserves a spot on this list. Number two, Wendell Clark. He wasn't a Hall of Famer. Clark remains one of the most popular leaps of all time with his ability to not only score goals, but also deliver bone-crunching hits. Dropped the gloves of some of the toughest players in the NHL. A former captain routinely fought Bob Probert. Had a whopping 23 fights as a rookie, then followed it up with 29 fights in his second year. As, as his, his career progressed, injuries limited his playing time, but Clark still finished with 1,600 penalty minutes. Yeah, I mean, another Saskatchewan guy, right? Uh, you know, first overall by the Leafs, out of, you know, played junior here at Saskatoon Blades. Um, yeah, Captain Crunch, man. What more can you say about, um, Wendell Clark? I mean, one of my all-time favorite players, uh, physical, undersized, but hit everything, physical, fought everybody. Um, I mean, what do you say about Wendell Clark, man? I mean, he played the way he should be played and, you know, being undersized and stuff. I mean, his body fell apart on him, but, uh, you know, he still, he definitely gave her, gave her shit. And yeah, you talk to anybody around here and you mention Wendell Clark's name and everybody... I don't know if I've ever met one person that was like, they weren't a fan of Wendell Clark. So, yeah. And, of course, again, being with the Saskatoon Blades and going first overall, there's kind of that connection, too, here in town. So, yeah, Wendell was the man. I'm down with Wendell, for sure. Number one, Ty Domi. Standing only 5'10", Domi might not have been all the, may not have been a traditional heavyweight, but once the gloves were off, when was fearsome as the man. 3,500 career penalty minutes. A lot of those minutes were racked up with the Rangers and Jets, but it was when he was in Toronto where Domi made his biggest impact, fighting nearly 200 times and serving as bodyguard for Matt Sundin. Heck, he beat up, beat up a Flyers fan who made an unfortunate decision getting into the penalty box with him. Domi's son Max is now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs and expect his popularity to increase even more. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of, yeah, I would have Domi number one as well. Um, yeah, undersized, fought everybody. Um, I always say he kind of came in, well, I would say he came into his own in, in Winnipeg. Um, but yeah, and it just carried on with Toronto. Uh, took a regular shift, could skate. Um, yeah, and he took care of Sadine. I mean, he was a great enforcer and, you know, he crossed the line a couple times, you know, did it need to happen? Well, you know, we, you know, we could debate that, but, um, yeah, Domi was the man. I, I was, when I, I've always said when, when I do my, my, uh, my rapid fire questions on people and I ask, like, who have you done a 180 on and stuff? For me, it might be Domi. I mean, when he first came out with the Rangers, I wasn't a fan. I was just like, who is this clown? Like, like he'd lose fights, but he'd still do the belt and he's doing the speed bag thing. And I'm like, you know, this guy's kind of a clown. Looking back on it now, I find it hilarious. But at the time, nobody was really doing that shit. That's the thing. I mean, not really. I don't remember it. And it was just kind of like, you know, guys do the number one or mouth off or whatever, but the belt and the speed bag. And it was like, who, who comes up with this shit? Um, you know, so I wasn't a real big Domi fan uh, when he was with the Rangers. But once you got to Winnipeg and stuff, you kind of, eh, you know what? You know, this guy's kind of getting down here. And, 
Yeah, that's a solid list. I will say, I'll give old Dave credit here. We had we had Domi, Clark, uh, Tiger, uh, Belak, and Orr. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's always going to be guys you miss and stuff like that. But um, you know, overall, uh, I gotta say this guy was pretty uh, pretty spot on with his uh, with his uh, rankings. As much as it pains me to say it, yeah, I gotta. Uh, I, I got to give the uh, hockey news guy his due here with the Leafs list. Not bad, not bad. Um, we'll do one more here before we get out of here. Who should we do? Ah, the Flyers. I mean, I think you got to do old Philly, right? I mean, it's, uh, you know, the Broad Street bully stuff like that. There you go. The amount of, oh, first of all, who is this? Ryan Quigley. All right. The amount of notable enforcers the Flyers have had since their inception in 67 might be unparalleled. The Flyers' early years were characterized as grit and toughness, earned the club its famous Broad Street Bullies moniker. The rugged style of play is part of the Flyers' identity and remains a key component to the team's makeup even today. For a team with a history of violence as storied as the Flyers, it's hard to limit the top enforcers in franchise history to just five. But for enforcers of enforcer week of the hockey news, we're willing to give it a go. Well, this guy did it right. He did it. He started at five. All right. Here are the five greatest enforcers in the history of the Flyers. Okay, here we go. Number five. Oh, great start. Great start. Wayne Simmons. Again, Philadelphia Flyers. Here are the five greatest enforcers in the history of the Flyers. Ryan, you're off to a hot start. Simmons is probably higher on this list than he should be, but there's no question he's one of the toughest players to ever put on the orange and black. Simmons spent eight seasons with the Flyers, logging 784 minutes and 500 games. Uh, but what made Simmons such a good enforcer wasn't just his willingness to drop the gloves and rearrange opposing players' faces. He was also really good at hockey. He logged 203 goals and 378 points as a member of the Flyers and established himself as an elite net front presence on the power play in his prime years. Oh, tremendous. Net front presence. I'm, I like that one. Um, no. <laughs> no. I, and I like Wayne Simmons. I'm not trying to say this to shit up Wayne Simmons, but Wayne Simmons isn't an enforcer. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, again, power forward guy. I like him. Played physical. Will fight now and again. Not a bad fighter. Um, when's he really fight? You know, I mean, what are we doing here in today's day and age? I mean, especially on a on a on a team as rich as history as the Flyers, there is no way Wayne Simmons should be even be close to this top five list. But but here we are. But hey, when you're an elite net front presence, I, I think Tim's often referred to that. Tim, there's your new nickname. I'm just gonna call you the net front presence from Philly. The presence from Philly. There we go. Oh boy. Good start. Good start. Number four, Rick Tockett. Yeah, okay, I can't, I can't argue with that. Tockett put up a solid career as a head coach, served as a head honcho for the Tampa Bay and Arizona and the, and the Canucks. He's also a fun addition to the TNT's group of st- studio analysts prior to coach, prior to taking over the coaching job in Vancouver. Uh, but when he was a player, he was an absolute madman like Simmons. Tockett was not only extremely tough, but good contributing on the score sheet. 621 games of Flyer Tockett netted 232 goals and 508 points. And to this day, he remains the Flyers' all-time penalty leader with 1815. 
Uh, talk, he didn't back down from anyone, whether it was Scott Stevens, Wendell Clark, or even Bob Probert. Talk had epitomized what it meant to be a flyer. He's introduced into, he was inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame in 2021. It's not hard to see why. Yeah, I mean, talk, it was, talk was the fucking man, you know. Uh, one of the best power forwards of all time. Uh, took on everybody. Uh, right up there is with one of my, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, how do you go wrong with Rick Tockett, man? He's, he's awesome. I love Rick Tockett. So definitely deserves a spot on this list. Number three, Craig Berube. All right. Well, you're, Ryan, you're, you're, you're coming, but you're making a comeback after your net front presence. We're, we're making a comeback before Berube is known as the Stanley Cup winning bench boss. He's regarded as one of the baddest dudes in hockey. Uh, he spent seven seasons with Philadelphia, still managed to register 1,100 penalty minutes in just 323 games. Unlike talk at Simmons, Bruby had one job, and that was to fight, and he did it quite well. But whilst the scoring numbers were largely unspectacular, 20 goals and 54 points as a flyer, Bruby served as a key role. The Flyers bona fide tough guy during the era when enforcers were still a staple in NHL lineups. Yeah, Bruby's one of the best enforcers of all time. I mean, uh, you know, I would, I don't know where I'd have... I know everybody likes all oh, the top 10, top... I don't know. I'd, I'd probably have Berube in my top 15, though, for sure. Top 20, for sure. Um, you know, a 10 to tw- ten to 20 can be kind of mixed and matched. But I would definitely have... He's in the discussion, for sure. Um, yeah, never really... I mean, he had a couple knockdowns. But, I mean, overall, pretty... Uh, you know, real solid winning percentage. You know, had the lightning hands, the mullet. You know, the scowl going, played a long time. Uh, fought from the day he came in to the day he ended. And, uh, yeah, one of my all-time favorites. I love Craig Berube. Tremendous. Number two, Dave Brown. Well, if he's number two, I'm curious to see who number one. I know who number one. Well, let's be, it should be. if If you have Brown at two, it better be Ben Wilson at number one. That way, I'd have him the other way around, but. It better be a Brown Wilson at the top here. We'll see. I haven't, like I said, I'm scrolling. I haven't gotten that far yet. But number two, Dave Brown. Uh, will likely go down in hockey lore as the guy who cross-checked Sandstrom in the face, but he shouldn't be overshadowed his abilities as a fighter. Brown was tough as nails and played the enforcer role as well as anyone. He quite literally couldn't wait to throw fists at opponents. May 14th, uh, 87, just before the Flyers Montreal met in game six of the playoffs. Conference final locker room clearing brawl broke out after Ed Hospitaler skated back onto the ice after warming up and began raining fists on Montreal's Claude Lemieux. Okay. Upon hearing of the mayhem on the ice, Brown quickly ran out of the locker room without a sweater on, simply to square up with Canadian's tough guy Chris Nyland to take part in the chaos. Classic Dave Brown. Logged only 39 goals, 78 points in 552 games in Philadelphia, but racked up 1,300 minutes of penalties in the process. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I have Brown as my number two of all time. Uh, left Big lefty, mean as shit, and was was what an enforcer was all about. Mean, did not care. I love these guys now, and they talk about, oh, he, he just jumped guys and suckered them. And, I mean, I, I can tell that these guys have don't know shit from apple butter about what an enforcer is. Um, they talk like the one guy was talking about LaRock the other day, and he's like, oh, it's always great when you show class in fights. It's like... You guys really have no idea what this is all about, do you? It, it, yeah, fighting enforcers were supposed to be classy. Oh, yeah. Jeez. It's just like, oh, boy. But anyway, to get back to this, um, Dave Brown was not classy and mean as shit and would do anything necessary to win the fight and uh, and make sure you felt the pain. 
And if, yeah, Dave Brown was a man. Another Saskatoon guy. Saskatoon Blade Boy. There we go. At number one, with the Philadelphia Flyer. Oh, okay. How do I forget? Dave Schultz. Well, okay. Well, we'll do this first. Yeah, Dave, uh, guys think name was the hammer for crying out loud. He could not be the, how could he not be the number one of four? So during the Broad Street Bullies era, the Flyers were chock full of tough guys. Schultz is the toughest of them all. He had a jaw of steel and went toe to toe with every big time fighter he could get his hands on. To this day, Schultz owns the NHL record for most penalty minutes in a season with 472. Schultz is no slouch in the scoring department either. While his numbers don't jump off the page, he did log 51 goals and 115 points in 297 games as a member of the Flyers. His career only lasted nine years, not shocking given the beatings he took and dished out, but he remains one of the most celebrated figures in Flyers history. Uh, yeah, I get, yeah. Now, I guess when it comes to these lit, I mean, because obviously Ben Wilson, well, get Wayne Simmons out of here. Well, actually, get Simmons out and bump everybody back and put Wilson in here. And there, that would be, that would actually be the list that I would have. Um, now, it depends. Are you talking, when you talk about this, it, there's a difference between a great fighter and a great enforcer. There's a difference. So, in terms of enforcing... Yeah, Schultz could probably be number one with the Flyers, with the what he brought and the gang fighting and just that intimidation level and you didn't mess with Bobby Clark. Yeah, I could see having Schultz at the number one spot. Brown was Brown was effective too, without a doubt. Well, so was Berube and Todd. They all were. Um, but if we're going to have like, oh no, we're talking about the best fighters, I would have I would go Brown at one, uh, Wilson at two, Berube at three, Talkett at four, and Schultz at five. That's what I would do if I was doing this list. Um, no, what did I just say? I'm, I'm confusing myself in terms of fighters. I had Brown, then Wilson, Berube, Talkett, Schultz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I will say with these... Yeah, this list wasn't bad either. To be completely honest, um, I was I was starting to get when when Wayne Simmons was uh, was hitting the lead off here. I was kind of like, oh boy, here we go. But uh, nah, I got to I you know, I, I think Wilson should have been on there. I actually could make the case for Glenn Cochran as well. Um, you know, but such as it is. But there we go. There's the uh, the hockey news and their enforcer week. Um, there was a number of articles from this. Um, you know, that I will, that I will break down at, at a different time. Um, yeah, the, um, I still, well, no, I can believe they did it because I can remember for all their bullshit and, and crying about fighting all those years, they actually released a book. Was it hockey's most violent feuds or something? You know, it's got the hockey, it's got all the fighters on, like a blood splatter on the cover. It's like, oh yeah. You know, I guess you got to sell something to keep the lights on, right? It certainly isn't going to be the top five left-wing Europeans book. That won't sell. So I guess we'll go with the meat. Oh, Red Ice, eh? Red Ice sells. Even the Hockey News knows that. They won't say it out loud, though. No, I was just... uh, Somebody told me that the Hockey News was doing Enforcer Week, and I had to have a laugh over that. But but there we go. There's Enforcer Week at the Hockey News. Um, I will will keep that, that link... And uh, I think there's about 15 teams that they have lists for. So we will keep an eye on those. You know how we like the lists around here. So we'll do that. But uh, anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Not bad. 45-minute mark. Um, like I said, I, I just want to do something short. Keep it out there for you guys. Give you something to listen to on a Monday morning. So 
Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I actually, I received a couple um, emails in the last couple of days. If you want to get, if you're not on social media, you're smarter than the rest of us. And you, but you want to get a hold of me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Just send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you have an idea for the show, you want to be on the show, just have a story. Hey, if you have some cool fight pictures, send them my way. I'd love to see them. Yeah, just uh, just let me know. Love to hear from you guys. But uh, what I was going to say is, I, I've received actually a couple uh, couple emails from some guys, and uh, I want to say, I, you know, I won't go into who, whatever. But I, I want to, appre- I appreciate you taking the time, John. Also with the text, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's always cool to get feedback on the show. On when you're when you cre- when you're out here as a content creator. Um, it's always great to hear the feedback. I mean, you get every once in a while, you you know, you always get a few assholes that'll shit on it, whatever. Yeah, that's their right to do it. I don't, you know, I don't know why they bother, but okay. You know, you want to tell me I suck. Okay, fine. Notice you don't have anything to show for it though, but that's fine. But, uh, but when you, you know, I always say I sit here in my basement here in Saskatoon and yell out the window and, and, um, I mean, I know people listen, but you know, for the, for the exercise, you always kind of, you know, am I talking into the abyss or are there people listening or paying attention or what have you? And, uh, so when you get that feedback and that confirmation, it's, it's always cool. So, and no matter how 323 episodes later, I still love it. So, um, but to get feedback from people directly with the email and stuff, um, it's, it's cool. I, I dig it. And, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to write that. And I, and again, with all you guys, I appreciate the fact that you guys take time out of your life to listen to this show. Like I said, I know there's a million hockey podcasts out there. The fact that you take time to listen to mine um, is very humbling, and I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, stick with me. We'll do some more lists. We'll open more cards. We'll yell, we'll yell, out, the, we'll yell out the clouds, and uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, anyway, let's get out of here, folks. Let's attack the work week, eh? Here we go. And uh, I'll be back with you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 